if you would, if you don't have your own Bibles and you want to use the Bibles that are in front of you, I'm going to be preaching from a passage that's found on page 1082. That's in the book of 1 John. Uh, but before I get to that part, you, know, you can go ahead and turn there if you want to. But I want to remind you about what happened last week here at Bethel Baptist Church. Last week, the Apostle John pointed out that those people who are truly born of God can have a full and abundant joy when they remain in fellowship with God and with others who are walking with God. You see, God wants you to find joy in your journey. He wants your Christian walk to be filled with joy. But in that message last week, John also told us about one thing that stifles our fellowship with God and therefore inhibits joy in our Christian walk. What is that one thing? Sin. The power of sin, the presence of sin, and then, of course, our practice of sin. But praise God, we also found a very practical and powerful weapon that enables you and I to reclaim our fellowship with God when we sin. You don't remember what it was. It was confession. Confessing our sins to God. You see, when we call our behavior what God calls our behavior, and when we make the distinct choice to forsake that sinful behavior, then the Bible says that we have fellowship with God and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. By confessing our sins to God, we change our walk, we cleanse our hearts, and the fellowship and the joy that we seek in this life can be reclaimed, can be restored. Now this is great news for the Christian. But what if I were to tell you, what if I were to tell you that there was a way that you and I could bypass this sin cycle altogether? Would that interest you? You know what the sin cycle is, right? I know you do because I know that I do. I sin, and when I sin, I feel shame, sometimes guilt. And so I have to go to God and confess that sin. And when I confess that sin, then I repent, I turn away from that sin. And then and only then am I restored to fellowship with God. That's that sin cycle. But first, I got to tell you about the two basics of any relationship. In any relationship, there is first the fact of that relationship. Secondly, there is the fellowship that results from that relationship. How people relate to one another speaks volumes not only about the health of that relationship, 
but also how successful that relationship will be. It's the same thing with God and us. The degree to which you and I relate to God becomes a very clear indicator of where we stand with God. And today, the Apostle John explains a way to bypass that sin cycle. He explains a way to enjoy our relationship with God and to stay in fellowship with God. Those are the things that are going to bring you the greatest joy in your Christian life. So, what is the way? How do I bypass the sin cycle? How do I enjoy my relationship with God? How do I stay in fellowship with Him? Well, in a word, the secret is, if you're listening, say amen. The secret to bypassing the sin cycle, the secret to enjoying your relationship with God, the secret to staying in fellowship with Him is obedience to God. If you'll do that, all those blessings will be yours. Why is obedience the secret? Well, first of all, obedience is is the sign of our relationship with God. People look at you and they see you obeying God and they say, oh, she must be related to God. Or the alternative is, oh, look how he's living. He must not be in a relationship with God. You see, obedience proves the reality of our faith. On 1082 in 1 John chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading in verse 3. Follow with me if you will. Now by this, John says, we know that we know him if we keep, if we obey his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep, does not obey his commandments, is a liar and the truth is not in him. Pretty strong, isn't it? But before we go too far, I want you to notice something very, very important here. John is not saying that we know God by obeying his commandments. Look at it real clearly. What does he say? He says, we know that we know God by keeping his commandments. You see, if we could only know God by keeping his commandments, well, we, we'd be saved from sin by works instead of by the grace of God like we are. Like last week, I reminded you that it's through the finished work of Jesus on the cross, through the grace of God only, that we enter into this relationship with God. But when we sin, not if we sin, when we sin... When we disobey God, we break our fellowship with God. Not our relationship, we break our fellowship with God. Our relationship is not lost, but it's definitely hindered. Now, another way of speaking verse 3, and I want to read it again, 
By this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Another way of speaking that verse is like this. Listen very carefully. We know today that we came to know him in the past and we continue to know him in the present by keeping his commandments. We know today that we came to know him in the past and we continue to show that we know him in the present by obeying what he says to do. In other words, we reveal our relationship with God by the fellowship we maintain. Somebody say amen. It's not that complex, is it? We reveal our relationship with God by the fellowship we maintain with God. If we are eager to seek God's guidance, if we are eager to read God's word, if we are eager to follow God's direction, then our fellowship with God is going to be very strong. However, if we lack in those areas, John says that we really ought to take a hard look at our relationship. If we're lacking in uh, seeking God's guidance and reading his word and following his direction, we really should ask, why is my fellowship with God not what it should be? See, I can't ask you that question, but God can, and God does. If we are in a proper relationship with God, you and I will strive to do all in our power to maintain that fellowship with God. It's that important. How do we do that? Namely, obey his commands. Do what God said to do and don't do what God told you not to do. It's just that simple. Now, will we get it right every time? <laughs> Probably not. I haven't met a single person who can yet. Probably not. But listen carefully. As a Christian, as a child of God, we never quit trying. You may fall. You may fall ten times in one day. But you got to get up, number 11. you got to keep on trying. Because that is the sign of your relationship with God. That you will not accept sin for what it is. Instead, you will keep trying to walk in obedience with God. We don't lose our relationship when we do things that break our fellowship. But listen carefully. Obedience to God demonstrates our fellowship. And fellowship with God demonstrates our relationship. So we need to know that for us as much as for the next guy. However, there is a flip side to this faith coin. John says in verse 4, If I say that I know God, but I don't keep his commandments, I'm a liar and the truth ain't even in me. That's a, some tough language. He's kind of getting in my grill right there, amen? That's not that John is being harsh. But John knows that with my eternity being in the balance, I cannot be misled. I cannot be misled when it comes to the true meaning of being born of God. John doesn't want me thinking for a second 
that it is appropriate. He doesn't want me thinking for a second that it's okay, that it's acceptable to be part of the body of Christ and still live a sinful lifestyle. Because it's not. It's not acceptable. And it's not appropriate. You see, Jesus said when he was praying to the Father, that heavenly prayer for disciples in John 17, he said, Father, they are not of this world just as I am not of this world. You see, friends, you might be in the world, but you're not of the world. And we need to be practicing that otherworldliness that we belong to. Either or, John says it this way. He says, if we know God, our lives will be conformed by his commands. And if our lives are not conformed by his commands, well, obviously you don't know, you don't know God. Because a person who's in a relationship with God, his or her life is conformed by the commandments of God. But not only does obedience prove the reality of our faith, obedience also proves the reality of our love for God or not. Check out verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, whoever obeys, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. See, obedience not only proves that we know God, obedience proves that we are in him. We are in God. Our faith and our love for God is proven not by lip service, not by just saying, I love you, God. No, it's proven by life service. God's had enough of empty worship. He's had enough of empty words. He's had enough of empty obedience. He wants your life. He wants you to be obedient. He wants me to be obedient. See, when a person is born of God, according to Romans 5, 5, the Bible says that the love of God is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we can do this. We can obey. We can do this. For it's by this very Holy Spirit that I am enabled to prove my love for God by obeying what he tells me to do. Is it true or not? When you love someone, you want to please them. Husbands, if you love your wife, don't you want to please her? Wives, if you love your husband, don't you want them to be happy with you? Well, of course. It's the same thing with our relationship with our Father. Now, when John says that the love of God is perfected in us, you know what he's doing? He's reminding us that every single one of us here today is under construction. God ain't done with us yet. We are all under construction. But the more we build our obedience, the more we strengthen our obedience, the stronger our foundation of love for God will become. We cannot quit trying. But if we don't do what he says, if we don't do what God says, listen, there's going to be a short circuit in your cable. 
Anybody ever had a charger cable for your phone and it's kind of starting to fray and it won't charge your phone anymore? Janet just went through this for a whole week. She said, I need to get me a new phone. I said, no, you need to get you a new cable. Amen? She was experiencing a short circuit. See, if we don't do what God says, there will be a short circuit in our relationship. There will be a disconnect. And that disconnect can only be resolved by doing what he says. It can only be resolved by obedience. You see, obedience to God literally is a testimony of our love for God. Did y'all hear that? Our obedience to God is literally a testimony of our love for God. Y'all, that'll preach. Amen? That's strong. But listen, while obedience is the sign of our relationship, obedience is also the secret to our fellowship with God. That last sentence in verse 5 kind of sets the stage, if you will. It sets the stage on, for John's second point about obedience. He says, by this we know that we are in him. Friends, I have spent my whole Christian life Trying to learn this one simple truth. And I acknowledge it's simple, but it ain't easy. But I say, there's one key. There's one key to me being able to enjoy an intimate, close fellowship with God. If I will just... Obey his commands. If I will just do what God says I should do, I will enjoy the most intimate fellowship with him ever. And verse 7 tells us that God expects that from me. God expects me to obey. Look in verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. What John is saying here is this ain't nothing new, y'all. This ain't nothing new. The command to love God and the command to love other people goes all the way back to the very beginning of the Old Testament. This is nothing new. But then... Fast forward about 3,000 years. The Lord Jesus comes to this planet. And in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 30, 35, listen to what Jesus says. Uh, there was a Pharisee who happened to be a lawyer. And he asked Jesus a question, testing him, saying this. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now you've heard that all your Christian life. But I want you to hear this verse. Verse 40 says, On these two commandments, loving God... And loving other people. And these two commandments hang all the law and prophet. 
on obeying our love for God and loving other people, hang the whole Bible. If you'll get those two right, you'll get life right. Friend, this is how simple, how relevant, and yet how profound our relationship and our fellowship with God truly is. Our relationship and our fellowship with God is founded and grounded on loving Him and loving others. That's the high calling on your life. If we will obey those two, if we will faithfully obey those two, we will stay in fellowship with God. Loving Him with all your heart, soul, and mind, and loving others as yourself, and you'll stay in fellowship with God. But listen carefully. Not one single person who has not been obedient to those two, not one single person has ever enjoyed fellowship with God if they've been disobedient in those two areas, loving God and loving others. So the expectation of obedience, it ain't nothing new. This has been going on since the, the very beginnings of the Bible. But then John explains a new level of obedience. Take a look at verse 8. Again, John says, A new commandment I write to you, which thing is true and in you, because darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Now, back in verse 7, John said that he wasn't teaching anything new. But here in verse 8, he says, again, a new commandment I write to you. What is he talking about now? What is this new commandment that he's telling us about now? Well, this new commandment is referring back to what Jesus said in John's gospel, chapter 13. Listen carefully. In John 13, in verse 34, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another by this, Jesus says. All will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now let me wrap my mind around this. Wait for a second. If the commandment to love originated back in the Old Testament, then why did Jesus just get through saying that loving one another is something new? Well, it was new because of this higher level of love that we are commanded to love with. Jesus said, don't just love one another. Love that sinner. He said, don't just love your friends. Love the outcast. Don't just love the Christian. You love that Muslim too. He said, don't just love those who are heaven bound, but love those who are earthly kept. Don't just love those who love you, but love those who persecute you for Jesus' sake. You see, this commandment was new 
Because in Jesus Christ, love reached a standard that it had never reached before. We're called to love like he loved us. Friend, it's by this new standard that you and I are commanded to love other people. I didn't say it. Your Lord and Savior Jesus said it. But with the new command to love, we're also given the power to obey it. You see, we have the Holy Spirit of God living within us. And anyone who knows anything about the Holy Spirit knows that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit of God is in you. One of those is love. Love for Him and love for one another. So while obedience is expected and Jesus explains this higher level of love, we find that Jesus also set the example of obedience. Let's go back to verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked, just as Jesus walked. So the example that John gives of the kind of love I'm supposed to have Was Jesus himself? I'm supposed to be like him? I'm supposed to love like Jesus? I'm supposed to walk like Jesus? Yeah. How can I do that? You can. But the Holy Spirit within you can. Friend, here's the secret of how Jesus walked in this world. Here comes the secret of how Jesus loved in this world. He didn't set his own agenda. Jesus did not develop his own plans. Jesus did not think up his own ideas. No, Jesus was 100% absolutely committed and completely submitted to the Father and the Father's will. And he calls us. He says, if you, if you want to walk in love, if you want to walk the way Jesus walked, well, then you're going to have to learn to walk completely submitted to the Father. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit, only by the same Spirit that filled Jesus to the uttermost, by the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, only by that Spirit can you walk like Jesus walked. Only by that same Spirit can you love like Jesus loved. Jesus did it. And he walked in a moment by moment by moment submission to the Father. How did he do it? By obeying his commands. By being obedient to the Father in every way. And we can follow. We can follow the Lord's example if we too will obey as Jesus obeyed. And we can enjoy the fellowship with God that obedience brings. But when we follow the example of Jesus, I want you to be rest assured of something this morning. I want you to be rest assured that your obedience to God will be expressed. Take a look at verse 9. He who says he is in the light 
and hates his brother is in the darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So John finishes up this lesson on obedience with an illustration. And this illustration leaves no room whatsoever for a half-hearted approach to loving people. Here... Either or, John, essentially says, if you say, if you say that you're walking with God, but you hate your brother, you are blind. Why? Because those two ideas are completely incompatible. You can't walk with God and hate your brother at the same time. It's physically impossible. Conversely, if you love your brother, it will be plain for everybody to see that you're walking with God. Friend, every single day of your life, you are faced with this test. Every day of your life, You are faced with a test, and you have to ask yourself this question. Do I love those in my family, even those like Cousin Eddie, who are unlovable? Do I love those in the body of Christ, even the weird ones like my pastor? See, the test, the test of our obedience to God is whether or not we are loving him by loving others. That's the test. Not whether other people are your best buddies or not, but do you? Can you love other people with the love of the Lord? closing, I want to share with you some differences between true obedience and man-made performance. You see, true obedience is seeking God with a whole heart. Man-made performance is having a quiet time Because you'll feel guilty if you don't. Obedience is finding a way to let God's word dwell in you richly. Performance is just kind of breezing through a passage so that you can check it off your list. Obedience is doing your very best in your walk with God. But performance is wanting to be best as you walk in the world. Obedience is saying yes of everything that God asks you to do. 
performance is saying yes to all that people want you to do. Finally, obedience, true obedience, springs from a love for God. Performance springs from a love for success. Brothers and sisters, do you know the signs of your relationship? Are you exhibiting that sign of your relationship with God? Do you know the secret to fellowship with God? In our decision time today, listen carefully. I want you to recognize today that the key to an amazing relationship with God and an intimate fellowship with God is learning, striving, and being determined that you will obey God in every realm in your life. You're going to be striving to obey God in the mental with your thought life. You're going to be striving to obey God in the emotional, in the physical, in the spiritual. You're going to be striving to obey God in the marital, in the parental, in the occupational, in the recreational, in the sacrificial. You're going to love to obey God because he's your Lord. Your faith is in him as a sign of your relationship and your love is for him as a sign of your fellowship. So as believers, it really is all about obedience, isn't it? Isn't it? But you know what? Even if you're not yet a believer, it's still about obedience. Because before you can move into a relationship with God, before you can move into an intimate fellowship with God, you've got to be obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bill, what is the gospel? Well, you listen to what Paul said. He said, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, the gospel by which you are also saved. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ Jesus died for our sins on the cross according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and he rose again, according to the scriptures. You want a relationship with God? Be obedient to the gospel. You want a fellowship with God? Be obedient to the gospel. Because if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And you will be able to begin to live a life of joy that you've never known before. Talk about fellowship with a Christian. Maintaining that intimate, close fellowship. I pray that's your desire this morning. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you that you even want a relationship with the likes of us at all. But Lord, I also thank you that as we come into this relationship and we're your child permanently, 
I think your desire is, is for us to be as close to you as humanly possible. Father, we've learned today that the secret, the secret to bypassing that sin cycle, the secret to enjoying our relationship with you, and the secret to growing closer to you in fellowship is just by doing what you tell us to do. You're right. We're not. You know the way. We don't. We know that your way is the best way. And I pray today that, Father, if there's one here today or one listening in that doesn't have a relationship with you, that they don't wait another single day but that they become obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ by which we can all be saved. Lord, I also want to speak strongly to my brothers and sisters in Christ that have just been kind of going through the motions. They've just been on autopilot, kind of just breezing through their Christian life. Maybe you got some joy sometimes. A lot of times they don't. Father, help them to know what it is they crave. Lord, we crave joy in a close and intimate fellowship. Help us to be obedient today. And if there's anything in our lives that needs to be changed, Father, you speak to us about that. And we will be obedient. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said,